welcome back to the Grace Through Recovery podcast. My name is Andrea Williams. I am a licensed professional counselor and I've worked in the field of addiction recovery for the last seven years. And I'm a person in long-term recovery. And you know, my goal really in creating this podcast was to bring more awareness to family disease of addiction and substance use disorders and to bring more education and information and ideas about how to cope from my personal experience and from my working experience. So today's episode, we're going to focus on self-care for your spirit. And where I'm at right now, where I live, it is getting darker very early. We are going into winter. Um, It's not really cold where I'm at, but it is dark early and I have found that I'm someone who can be very impacted by change in season or when it's um, darker earlier and that when I get home, I notice this like lack of motivation and sort of feeling down and maybe just a little flat. And so really digging into finding ways to brighten that time in the evening and connect to myself and lifting my spirits like Finding ways to bring that light back to my life when there's so much darkness outside has become incredibly important and sort of has given me, you know, the idea for this podcast and how to practice self-care for our spirit more generally as well. And so having lived in addiction or in a dysfunctional family home, oftentimes I think we find ourselves feeling as though our light has been dimmed. You know, in the act of addiction, it it becomes all about the addicted person. They're the star of the show. All our time becomes consumed by the addiction, and we lose sight of ourselves. We lose sight of our hobbies. We lose sight of what brings us joy. You know, I want to spend some time today talking about how to incorporate those things back. And I think to be able to do that, to really work on feeding our spirit, you know, like refilling our cup, First, we have to make sure that our basic needs are met, the very basics of self-care. And I think as folks who tend towards codependency, we can take more care of others than ourselves. You know, we sort of have this idea that if everyone else is okay, then I'm okay. But really what ends up happening is we become so focused on making sure that everyone else is okay that we run out of time for ourselves, right? Like we run out of time to do the things that really bring us joy and peace. And like I had said before, right, like in the act of addiction, everything is about that addicted person, making sure they're safe, making sure the kids are safe, making sure we meet our responsibilities and a lot of times their responsibilities. And as the family member of an addicted person, you're really picking up all the pieces, running the show, making sure everyone is okay. So we let go of our hobbies, we let go of our own personal quiet time, of what we enjoy. Really, sort of towards the later stages of this, we also see that we let go of really basic things like going to the doctor, going to the dentist, very basic like personal hygiene as well. So to be able to really focus on your spirit and bringing your light back, I think we need to make sure those basic things are being done first. So go to the doctor go to the dentist, keep all your appointments, go to your own therapy, buy yourself new clothes and new shoes when you need them, or maybe when you don't, when you just like something, 
make sure that you're well fed and that you're eating food that makes your body feel good and move in a way that makes your body feel good and make your bed, get lots of sleep, stay hydrated. All of those things that where we say, I don't have time and I've got to take care of this or do this thing or that thing. And those are really what creates a very strong foundation for us to maintain a healthy relationship with ourselves and with others. And so don't let excuses like, well, we're already spending money on my partner's treatment or therapy, or I don't have time, or I'll do it later, or I don't need that, stop you from taking care of yourself. You are worthy of all of these things, and really we know we cannot be of help to others unless we really take care of ourselves. And at the end of the day, we really are the only ones who can meet all of our own needs. So on to self-care. I think you know, self-care has really become this like pop psychology term, like treat yourself, self-care, you deserve this. And we may think of it as like getting our nails done or getting a massage or getting a facial or getting a fancy coffee or some, some sort of indulging thing. And yes, all of those things can provide some relief and they may feel good and it may be sort of fun. But really what I want to talk about in this episode is engaging in behaviors that feed your spirit that bring your light back, that help you to feel connected, help you to feel at peace, more rejuvenated, less reactionary, more balanced. Like this idea of a more long-term feeling of peace rather than a short fleeting moment of relaxation. So I'm going to share a little bit about my own self-care, how I've incorporated it into my everyday life, and hopefully this may give you some ideas. So my spiritual self-care really starts as soon as I wake up. I have had plantar fasciitis for about the last year, and part of the treatment is certain foot and leg stretches, right? And when I first started to have to do this, I really, it was like a struggle for me. It was a pain. I didn't want to have to do it. It was like one more thing I had to do, and I was frustrated because it hurt and all of these things. And a and eventually I was able to turn it more into a mindful practice and add in some deep breathing and meditate on feeling grounded and what my foot felt like and bring some gratitude into what my feet and legs are able to do for me, right? Like I'm able to walk and I'm able to practice these exercises so that I can do that to focus on feeling grounded as I did the physical therapy exercises and that has enabled that sort of like chore, you know, as I thought about it at first, into something that really has given me a lot of peace and gratitude um, and, and really has been something I've continued to do even though the pain has subsided. So after I do that, I make my bed. And as I'm getting ready, I like to listen to a favorite uplifting podcast um, and I will add some of my favorites in the show notes. If you're looking for something new, that's more like positive and uplifting. I find that it helps me to start my day more in a positive frame of mind. It gives me something generally to think about and ponder on more. Um, and I also find it helps me to stop from jumping ahead in my day. You know, it, it helps me to stay present and stop thinking about my to-do list and what's going on or even creating scenarios in my head about what might happen throughout the day. It really helps me to stay present and connected to myself. 
And then as I go throughout my day, it's really important for me to check in with myself. You know, I think I used to be someone who would just approach every day as another day just to get through, right? Like more in a survival mode of, I just have to get through today and worried so much about others in my life and if they were okay and what they were doing and if they were doing what they said they were going to and checking up on them and really took away from the enjoyment of my own life. And now what I'm able to do is focus on me, my work, you know, this very sort of one mindfulness practice of when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm at home, I'm at home. And I think this self-care for the spirit really helps us to do that. So during my work day, I really try to stay flexible and focus on myself and then engage in the type of self-care that I feel like is needed at that moment. So one of the things I really like to use for self-care during my workday is my staff and I several months ago created this like self-soothe corner in our office and it's for our clients to use and also for ourselves to use, but it really focuses on our five senses. So we've got activities there for sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. And I think this is also a great idea to incorporate, like you could create your own sort of self-soothe kit or little bag to carry with you that incorporates things like peppermints or essential oils or a uh, worry stone, um, pictures that you like, certain songs, things like that to help regulate your emotions, bring you back present, and could also be things that are very meaningful for you. So if I'm at work and I'm feeling anxious, I like to go back there and use some calming essential oils that really helps my anxiety and um, certain scents, you know, remind me of trips I've been on or people in my life. And so I think that helps feed my spirit by bringing up these really good memories for me. Or if I'm feeling, you know, more distracted having trouble concentrating, I will take a short walk outside just to listen to the birds for a minute, take some deep breaths, feel the sunshine on my face. Or if I'm feeling overwhelmed with tasks, I will turn on a playlist of relaxing music. And I find that really helps me to focus just on one thing at a time. And if I'm feeling more short-tempered, I make sure that I eat because generally that's the problem if I'm feeling short-tempered. So, you know, other things I might do at work, talk to a coworker, make a cup of tea or coffee, take some time in my office to do some chair yoga right at my desk, take some time to meditate. You know, all of these are like general coping skills that we talk about and would you do them with the mindful intention of refilling your cup, connecting back to yourself or to someone else or to someone higher than you? It really helps to feed your spirit in a way other than just sort of coping with the emotion in the moment. And, and to me, that's where I find like the lasting impact or the lasting power of utilizing these skills. So then like moving through the workday, coming to the end of the workday and getting home, it's really easy for me to feel tired or depleted when I get home from work. So I have created this routine of lighting a candle as soon as I walk in, turning on a peaceful piano music, changing it to some comfy clothes, and then spending time catching up with my cat 
from the day, right? Like asking him what he did during the day, just generally just a bunch of cat stuff, playing with him, petting him, being very mindful with that. And I think pets are a great way to reconnect with your spirit, to have some fun. And if you don't have a pet, you know, doing all of those things, lighting a candle, turning on some nice music to sort of help regulate your nervous system back, putting on some comfy clothes, and then taking a few moments of quiet time, maybe have a cup of tea, some deep breaths, whatever that is to recenter, and sort of make a clear designation between work and home is really important. And then the last routine thing I do every day is when I take a shower, I imagine the day washing away. You know, as the water washes over me, doing this very mindful, intentional practice of it's taking everything throughout the day, washing it away down the drain, and then can spend some time sort of reciting positive mantras or affirmations for the day ahead. And I know that it's been like a particularly rough or hard day for me if I get out of the shower and then I'm like finding myself still fighting with someone from during the day or still rehashing situations that happened. And when that happens, that's a sign to me that I need to do some more work. You know, if it's the end of the night and I'm still upset or twisted up or mad at someone during the day, like something is off for me spiritually. And that's a sign for me to do some more work. So generally what I do is some journaling. I think journaling is incredibly healing. You know, we already have within us all the answers to all the questions we have, all the solutions that we need, and writing really provides us the opportunity to find those. And so I like to spend some time at night writing out what I'm worried about, what I'm concerned about, again, this very intentional, mindful practice of taking it from my brain, putting it onto the paper, and getting it out in that way. This focus of you know, at the end of the night, what really can I do about any of that stuff? And the answer is not really anything. And spending time worried and frustrated over it is just going to ruin my night. And um, that's what we want to avoid, right? So I think that is really helpful to do that. And about five to six times per week, I also make it out for a walk in the woods by the river by my house. And I think really this is the place that feeds my spirit the most. I love to sit by the river after my walk and just watch the water. I love to really be present and see the wildlife in the woods. You know, I'm able to see deer and herons and other small wildlife that if we're just out to exercise to exercise or focused on racing thoughts or what happened during the day, I may miss some of those things. And I love to be present enough to see those and find the wonder and all of that stuff that's all around us all the time. And sometimes I even let my imagination run wild while I'm out there and imagine woodland fairies out there living in their little fairy homes and the magic they spread into the world. And think we all can get so bogged down in everyday life and situations and planning and trying to take care of everything that we don't tap into our imagination or our creativity as much as we could. And when I'm able to think about those fairies or imagine things like that, you know, it helps me connect back to that inner child part of myself. Um, and I think that 
provides just some more joy and fun that we all need more of. Now, these are all just ideas, right? If your day looks much different than mine, or your home situation is much different, your spiritual self-care is going to look very different too, and that's okay. And, you know, I want to acknowledge that the ways that I practice this have been cultivated over time. It's I didn't start doing all of these in one day. They were really born out of seeing, out of feeling disconnected, recognizing I needed to add something in and a lot of trial and error to see what works and what doesn't. You know, like we were talking about at the beginning, it can change seasonally. It can change based on whatever else is going on in my life. It really ebbs and flows. And if you're listening to this and are thinking you may need to incorporate more spiritual self-care, I encourage you to be creative in what will work in your life whether it's taking one of my ideas and using it or taking a piece of that and then fitting it to your life. If you're very busy and you have kids and are navigating either active addiction or recovery, you really may find it more challenging at first to build this practice. And I want to stress that there is not any amount of time that's too short. You know, take two minutes, take five minutes, take one walk around the block, Take five deep breaths because each time that we practice this, you're building a stronger connection and more space to feel peaceful and grounded overall. And I think it's this practice where like, like you may not notice as you're doing it, right? You may not have the thought as we're practicing like, wow, I'm feeling very connected and spiritual and you might. And generally, I think it's more of as the practice continues later on, a a situation will happen and you will immediately react by using one of these skills or you'll be much calmer and grounded in the moment. And then you'll have this realization of, oh, all of these times I've practiced this have culminated into this moment. I didn't mention anything about reading, um, and I think that can also be a great skill. There are tons of daily meditation readers like books that have a reading for every day. So that would be something that would be very easy to incorporate. That would take about five minutes if you really like to read. And I fall prey to this and I hear this all the time about lack of time and how busy we all are and, you know, that it really is hard to incorporate some of these things because of that. But the magical thing is that Taking time out to refill your cup and feed your spirit will actually help you to be more focused and more productive and will lead you to be able to take more time for yourself as you continue on. Other benefits you'll notice are building self-worth and self-confidence. You'll build trust and connection to yourself, which of course helps in trusting your intuition and making grounded decisions about your recovery and any boundaries you may need to set. You will set a great example for those around you. And doing this helps bring the focus back to you and off of your addicted loved one. It gives you the space to take care of yourself and gives them the space to start taking care of themselves because you're not always there trying to take care of them. Others around you will also start to see the benefits that you're experiencing and want that for themselves as well. So really don't underestimate how your positive change in behavior will positively impact those around you as well. So I hope our time together today gave you some ideas on ways to feed your spirit and focus on that light inside of you and how to continue to make it brighter and brighter. 
I'd love to hear from you if you have other practices that feed your spirit or if you start to incorporate something new that you've heard today over on Instagram at Grace Through Recovery. And as always, if you're finding value in this podcast and know others who will as well, please share this with them so they know they're not alone. And as always, I hope you always remember how worthy you are of the gifts of recovery.